أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فمن أظلم ممن كذب على الله وكذب بالصدق إذ جاءه أليس في جهنم مثوى للكافرين والذي جاء بالصدق وصدق به أولئك هم المتقون لهم ما يشاءون عند ربهم ذلك جزاء المحسنين ليكفر الله عنهم لِيُكَفِّرَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ أَسْوَأَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا وَيَجَزِيَهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ بِأَحْسَنِ الَّذِي كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ عَبْدَهُ وَيُخَوِّفُونَكَ بِالَّذِينَ مِنْ دُونِهِ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادٍ وَمَنْ يَهْدِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ مُضِلْ أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِعَزِيزٍ ذِي انْتِقَامٍ الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد الحمد لله we begin the 24th juz of the Quran and that's a continuation of the 39th surah chapter Zumar so we had 31 verses of surah Zumar already in chapter 30 in part 30 23 and now we start from an أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ كَذَبَ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَذَّبَ بِالصِّدْقِ The rest of this surah is going to be uh, in, in this juz, about quarter of the juz is taken by the rest of Surah Al-Zumar. As we mentioned yesterday, the theme you're looking for in Surah Al-Zumar is ikhlas. So there's several times that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout has discussed ikhlas and mukhlisina lahu deen and uh, sincerely uh, doing worship for the sake of Allah, making your deen sincere for Allah and so on. So anyway, here are just some of the things that are going to be covered, or that are covered rather, in the rest of this surah. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off with the discussion about the Qur'an. So, who is more oppressive than the one who can lie upon Allah and who denies the truth when it comes to him? Isn't Jahannam the place to go for, belie- for disbelievers? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically compares falsehood with truth. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about paradise. Always remember there's hell discussion, there's going to be paradise discussion. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah will, uh, he, he will basically purify people from all their wrongs as well. If they've done good and they repent and they go to paradise. Isn't Allah sufficient? For his servant. So that discussion carries on. Now the main theme you would say is that it's a contrast and a comparison between those do who good, those who do good, and those who do evil, the disbelievers, the believers, and uh, the, uh, ba- uh, another discussion is those who lie and those who tell the truth. Those who lie, Jahannam is for them. Those who do good and 
follow the Anbiya and the, and, and the Prophets, then for them it's paradise. That's what you see until the first three verses anyway. Thereafter that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts discussing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's special mercy on His servant, His grace, His ihsan. The main thing that you'll see now is that the door of tawbah, the door of repentance, is always open. People will make mistakes. People can make mistakes. That's recognized in here. And you will see as the theme continues that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be one of... Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive. And that's why this comes to a head as you move along. And you look at verse 53 then. After a long discussion about various different aspects, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says... قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ This is, you could say, probably one of the most hope-filled verses in the Qur'an. Amazing. Okay, just think about it. Just look at the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated this. Allah says, tell them, قُلْ O oh my servants, Right? Who have, trans- who have basically transgressed against themselves, who have gone beyond against themselves, do not become despondent over Allah, uh, from Allah's mercy. Because Allah forgives all sins, jami'ah, jami'ah, all sins. And He is ghafoor and rahim. He is intense form of forgiver, ghafoor. Very, very off-forgiving and He is the merciful one. Now, this is very different to, for example, let's just say that the wife is at home, the mother's at home looking after the children and she's just tired, the children really messed her around that day and she's really frustrated and the father comes home from work, the typical scenario and she's going to complain about the children saying, your son did this and your daughter was like this I mean the same mother who's willing to give her life for the children suddenly forgets that it's her own children she says, your, right? when it gets angry, when they've transgressed but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh my servants who have transgressed against themselves, my servants, He calls them my servants, don't become despondent, for Allah forgives all sins. That's an open door invitation. Anybody who doesn't take that, then what is, where, you, where, you, where, where does somebody get despondency from in Islam? You know, where, where you've got verses like that. Then the next verse as well is very, very important. What, uh, number 54, وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ Let's return to Allah, just go back to Allah. You know, you've messed around, you've gone off track, you've dealt with haram, whatever it is, you've done the most heinous deeds. Do tawbah, go back to Allah. Wa And submit yourself to Allah before the punishment comes to you. Until the punishment comes to you, you've got time. Because after that, la tunsarun. You're not going to be assisted after that. Thereafter, I mean, these are all very. Follow and obey that which. The, the best of that which has come down to you from your Lord. Right? Again, before the punishment seizes you all of a sudden. Right? All of a sudden. And you don't even know. And then after that, the person is going to say, once they've been affected, once they've been overtaken and seized, Ya hasrata ala ma farrat. Right? What a loss. What a loss for myself over what. You know, over my shortcomings, over the excesses I did, fi jambillah, with regards to Allah. And I was of the ones who used to mock. May Allah not make us of these people. And that carries on, that discussion carries on. So that's a major theme here, part of that, do not ever become despondent. So you can read that verse over and over again, write it separately to remind ourselves about this, that when we do wrong, we still have something 
to go by insha'Allah. Thereafter that, verses 60 to 73 is again talking about tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, after that discussion, it actually after that tawbah discussion, as it moves on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then takes us to the day of judgment. From you, you, you will see this. Allah says in 67, for example, وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ The entire earth will be in his clutches, right? In his grip on the day of judgment. وَالسَّمَاوَاتُ مَطْوِيَّاتٌ بِيَمِينَ This is terrifying. And the heavens are going to be rolled up in his right. Subhana, Allah is purified. وَتَعَالَى عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ Well above the partners that they make. وَنُفِخَ فِي السُّورِ then the whole discussion comes and then the trumpet is blasted. Basically all those in the heavens and the earth, they swoon except those Allah wills. Then again, there's another blast. It's only talking about the two here. The second one, meaning the last one, is when they're up again, resurrected and they're watching. They're back to consciousness. And then the Earth is going to be lit up with the light of your Lord, with the light of its Lord. الكتاب, and your book of deeds are going to be presented. Book of deeds, records, whether they're going to be on whatever form, it's all going to be there. النبيين, then the prophets, Anbiya are going to be brought along. والشهداء, and the other witnesses and martyrs. بالحق, and then it's going to be with absolute truth and justice will be the decision. They will not be oppressed at all. Verse 70. Every nafs will be fully given what it did. And Allah knows exactly what Allah knows best and most what they used to do. Then after that, the others, the, the, the rest of the verses from 71 to the end, 75, these are what you'll hear lots of Imams re reciting because they're very, very effective because they are pro providing a scene of the Day of Judgment and about believers entering paradise and disbelievers entering hellfire. Until the end. That the people who disbelieve will be driven to Jahannam in groups. When they come to it, the doors will be flung open. And the guards at the door will say, didn't the messengers come to you and recite the signs of his, uh, your Lord, the verses, and, and warn you of this meeting of, our, of this day? He said, yes, of course, but... Of course. And then after that, it will be said, enter, enter the doors of hellfire remaining there forever. What a bad place for the arrogant ones. And then after that, always the other side. And the people who were conscious of their Lord, they also will be driven to paradise in groups. Until when they come to it and the doors are opened, and the guards there, they will say, Salamun alaykum. Say salam in this world. Do salam in this world. And inshallah we get the salamun alaykum from these angels. So, peace be upon you. Tibtum. Taba. 
means that you are excellent, you are pure, you are wonderful. What a wonderful thing you've, what a wonderful state you're in. Fadkhuluha khalidin, now enter into it forever. You're not coming and staying in this five-star resort for two weeks only. You've saved up for your life in the Maldives, two, you know, on the ocean villas. You know you're only there for one week, that's all you can afford, then you have to go back. No, this one is forever, better than any ocean villa, it's got everything in there. وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي صَدَقَنَا وَعْدًا And their response will be all praises to Allah who fulfilled His promise to us. وَأَوْرَثَنَا الْأَرْضَ نَتَبَوَّأُ and, and, and that's how he ends. These are really something to focus on. Allahu Akbar. So that, uh, by that, this uh, end of Surah Al-Zamar happens. Uh, we, we get to the end of the surah So now we begin because we've got In 24 of Jews we've actually got Surah Al-Mu'min also to cover Which I just love the Surah Al-Mu'min Especially one part in there which is so beautiful The nasiha that's given in there And then we've got Hamim al-Sajda Or Surah, uh, surah Fussilat Which is coming up so inshallah we have to cover those as well But now Surah Al-Mu'min begins And Surah Al-Mu'min is a Surah Al-Mu'min another word Another name for it is Surah Ghafir and I'll explain why. Surah Ghafir or Surah Mu'min. And that is a Makki Surah with 85 verses. And nine sections. The reason why it's called Surah Ghafir is look at the way it begins. Hamim. Tanzilul kitabi min Allahil aziz alim. So this is the beginning of the Hawamim now. The plural of Hamim is Hawamim. Alright, I'll come to that. But it says... Tanzilul um, Kitab, the revelation of the book is from Allah, the Mighty and the Knowing One. And then immediately afterwards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 3 has several characteristics about him, discloses who he is. That's the only way we can know who Allah is, right? When he tells us who he is. Ghafir al-Dhamb, Qabil al-Tawb, Shadeed al-Iqab, Dhit-Tawl. So, Ghafir al-Dhamb, the one who forgives sins, right? So, okay, Allah is going to forgive sins. Qabil al-Tawb, acceptor of repentance, alhamdulillah. But then, shadid al-iqab, if you don't listen, you don't do the repentance, then he is severe in his punishment. Dhit-tawl, tawl means quwa, power. He is the possessor of all power. He is the omnipotent one, right? There is no God except he, and to him is the, re- is the return. So it starts off with this really, in this awesome way, and like with a big bang, almost, right? Like that, Allahu Akbar. The reason why it's called Surah Al-Mu'min, You'll see when it comes to verse 28, it starts the discussion of these particular advices given by this believer, secret believer, right, hidden believer among the people of Pharaoh. It's beautiful belief, uh, beautiful advice that he provides. So that's why it's also called Suratul Mu'min, the chapter of that Mu'min, of that believer in the time of uh, Pharaoh and Musa alayhi salam. If you, when you, when you will look through this surah, you will discover that the main theme in this surah then is essentially a contrast between truth and falsehood. Truth and falsehood. Correct attitude to things and the wrong attitude. Guidance and misguidance. That is basically been the debate in the world throughout history. Right? So this one discusses it with some very, very particular examples which we'll inshallah look at and hopefully they will benefit us. MashaAllah, the way the Qur'an discusses it, it's as relevant today as it was then. And this is a miracle of the Prophet ﷺ that all of this is still relevant. That the main message, the core message of this. 
So after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discuss, uh, begins with the huruf muqatta'at hamim and it carries on, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses the four things. There are several other themes in here that we're going to discuss. Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you move on, from verse 7 it says, الَّذِينَ يَحْمِلُونَ الْعَرْشَ وَمَنْ حَوْلَهُ Those is talking about the angels. These are the angels who bear the throne, who carry the throne. And also those who are surrounding, the other angels who are surrounding that area, they're designated in those posts. They, mashallah, even they, yusabbihuna bihamdi rabbim, they are doing praise of their Lord, they're glorifying their Lord with His praise. They believe in Him. And this is the most important thing. You know, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, then you are being sought forgiveness for by these angels, the closest angels to the throne of Allah. Those that are actually holding, holding up the throne of Allah and those that are around. They are seeking forgiveness for those who believe. Their dua is, Our Lord, you, you basically have encompassment of everything with your mercy and knowledge. So forgive those who repent and who follow your path and protect them from the adab of Jahannam. And then it continues in the next verse 8. Our Lord, enter them into the gardens of permanence which you have promised them. Remember this now. And those who are entitled to, those who are worthy from their fathers, their forefathers, their parents and so on, their spouses and their descendants. You are almighty and wise. Now, question. If their parents, their spouses, uh, or grandparents, forbearers, and or their grandchildren, if they are believers anyway, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be saying the same thing to them anyway. Right? So why does he say, why, sorry, why do they make dua for the individual who is a believer and then they add these other people when they would, could also be making direct dua for them? There's something just that occurs. Maybe the way I'm looking at it is because each individual believer has th- this dua directed at them. So why tag along forefathers, forebearers, descendants and so on, spouses? I think it's because of if there's a good believer that they're going to make dua for, these angels, then it means that due to their blessing, it, it can affect these other people. Because I would assume that the reason forbearers would be mentioned is because they probably have a contribution, right? Especially because if they're qualified, that means they had a contribution to this person's goodness, right? They laid the scene by the tarbiyah they did, the spouse by assisting and not coming in the way. And likewise, the children is probably because of the good things that this individual has set down for them to do. Wallahu alam. It's definitely something that bears thinking about. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, protect, uh, sorry, the angels and continue. It's a very long dua that these angels are doing, right? And Allah, I mean, obviously, hears all of these du'as. So, waqihimu sayyat and uh, protect them from all evils. And so on. As you know with the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always provides targheeb and tarheeb, the persuasion and dissuasion. So after uh, discussing Jahannam and so on, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses paradise. So you see, if, when you look at verse 10 then, it's talking about the disbelievers that when they will be 
called, they will start to then basically censor and condemn themselves. So you, you, you'll see that in the next verses from verse 10 onwards. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Call unto Allah while making your deen sincere for him, even if the disbelievers dislike it. Right? You see another very important verse here is verse 16 and 17. Allah says, Lim, uh, talking about the Day of Judgment, For whom is the kingdom and sovereignty on that day? For Allah the One and the Mighty. So none of those things, when the disbelievers will see the punishment and then they try to say that we believe now, none of that will be accepted afterwards. Right? Uh, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Today you will be given recompense, every nafs will be given recompense for what they earned. La ظُلْمَ yawm. Constantly this theme is there. La ظُلْمَ yawm. وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدِ وَلَا يَظْلِمُ رَبُّكَ أَحَدًا Constantly throughout the Qur'an, Allah emphasizes and re-emphasizes the fact that there's going to be no oppression. It's, you're only going to get where you are. And see in this world when people go sometimes sent to prison and they're convicted for something, they think they're innocent. They may be because wrong convictions can happen. But in the hereafter, that's impossible. Everything will be bearing witness. So everybody who goes into hellfire and who is punished will know why they're being punished. Allah is very... Allah is very quick in his punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 19, Allah knows even the surreptitious glance. Nobody else saw it, but you looked at something we're not supposed to. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that as well. And that which the hearts hide. Essentially, there's a, there's a database in the heart that just basically capturing everything. After this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives quite a lengthy example of Pharaoh. And this aspect of it, I don't think it's been mentioned. Uh, there's some aspects left about the story of Pharaoh and Musa salam, And you'll see that in this juice and in the next juice. Right? And this is about, um, if, you, if you start looking at it from, it starts from verse 23. But the main part is that Pharaoh says, you know what, let me just finish Musa off. Let me kill Musa. ذَرُونِي أَقْتُلْ Musa wal رَبَّهِ and the reason why he wanted to kill Musa is because he saw that he's becoming a very strong force. And that's why he says, Inni Right? I have a fear that he's, he's going to change your faith. Or he's going to create corruption in the world. Now, does this ring any bells? Where there's somebody who is particularly outspoken right, against tyrannies of a regime or wrong rules or uh, bad policies and things like that then generally those people are uh, blamed and they're sought and then they're, they're persecuted. So number one, Pharaoh is saying, I'm either going to kill him, uh, I'm going to kill him because he wants to change your faith because they feel that people will find out the truth. All right? That's why these stories of Pharaoh and that are very important to understand because as I said, there's always a Pharaoh around. That's the unfortunate part, dictators and so on. Or that he's going to cause corruption. And that's exactly what he's saying, they're causing corruption. That's, a, that's, that's the idea, right? So, Musa alayhi salam, he, makes, he seeks refuge in Allah. Now, Musa alayhi salam doesn't necessarily know this or whatever. A pharaoh, sorry, there's, there's a guy in, uh, from verse, 
the next verse which is number 28 this is where the mu'min comes in now so there's among the among the people of pharaoh there's a person who's become mu'min he's a believer now yaktumu imanu he's hiding his faith so he comes and he decides that how can they kill musa alayhi salam he's giving all of this benefit and so on so he comes and he starts saying to pharaoh and so on rajulan an rabbi allah are you going to kill somebody just because he says that my lord is allah right just because somebody says his lord is allah whereas clear signs have come to you from your lord if he is wrong if he's making a lie up then it's going to work against him so why are you worried but if he's true then remember whatever he's promising you that's going to afflict you so is that what kind of a gamble are you are you doing allah never guides anybody who's uh, uh, you know who's excessive and who's a liar uh, oh my people for you is the kingdom today for you is the rule today for you is all power today Influence today, Zahirina Filarm. Yansuruna, so he's talking to them as though he's one of them. Who is then going to help us from the punishment of Allah, from the wrath of Allah, if it comes to us? So now, how does Pharaoh respond to that? He says, Ma urikum illa ma ara. I'm only telling you what I see for myself. Wa ma ahdikum illa sabil rashad. I'm only telling you the right way. This is when you start insisting that my way is the right way. There's no evidences. You you basically shut your mind to even advice. And you say, this is my way. But, mashallah, this mu'min, he carries on. And you can read this for yourself. And he gives them, again, historical ideas that remember the people of Nuh and Ad and, uh, and Thamud and so on and what happened to them. And I'm really worried about what, what's going to happen if you, if you do this and so on. Even Yusuf came before with signs and you were in doubt about him as well. You know, because Yusuf is very, very relevant uh, to, uh, to, to Egypt, right? And uh, until when he died after that, you know, you, you were basically remorseful after Yusuf went. When he was there, you didn't listen to him. Then when he went, then you, you were remorseful. Allahu Akbar. So, now Pharaoh, you know what he did instead? He start, again, you've seen from the dictators as well that when it doesn't work, they will then mock the person. When they can't persecute him because they, maybe they've got a lot of, maybe they've got a lot of uh, following and so on then what they start to do is they try to make fun of them and they try to demean them, they try to make them insignificant. It's exactly what, Musa, uh, what Pharaoh did. He says to his minister Haman, he says, build me this tall structure, right? So that I could reach up to the heavens and whatever and so I could uh, basically look at this God of Musa. Thinks God of Musa is sitting in the heavens or something, right? Because I think Musa is lying, right? And uh, so Allah then says in verse 37, this is exactly how Pharaoh's bad deeds were adorned for him. Where your own bad deeds make, seem to look good. You think they're right. You think, I'm doing right. So you get convinced that sometimes you just think, how can they be so wrong? How can they be so wrong? It's because, you, I guess you can probably only experience that when you're so wrong and you think you're right. Until then, it's very difficult to understand how somebody can be so wrong when the truth is open in front of you and you don't see it but i guess you have to experience that to understand it happens sometimes it happens to people uh, it's a human possibility and then he's been closed off from the path but at the end of the day all of these plans of pharaoh they're going to end up in nothing so again this mu'min it carries on but you know what nobody listened they did not listen he says uh, if you look at verse for example uh, 41, uh, he's really pleading and he goes on for quite, you know, for 15-20 verses 
وَتَدْعُونَنِي إِلَى النَّارِ My people, why is it that I'm calling you to, uh, to, to, to success and to delivery and to safety and you're calling me to the fire? تَدْعُونَنِي You're calling me لِأَكْفُرَ بِاللَّهِ That I disbelieve in Allah وَأُشْرِكَ بِهِ مَا لَيْسَ لِي بِهِ عِلْمَ And I make partners with him something I have no knowledge about وَأَنَا أَدْعُوكُمْ إِلَى الْعَزِيزِ الْغَفَارِ And I'm inviting you to the Aziz. It looks like he opened himself up afterwards. I'm calling you to the mighty and the very forgiving one. And then he mentions a few other dalils. Um, and then he says beautifully at the, in, in 44, You will remember what I said to you. There will come a time when all of this will become very clear and you'll remember what I said to you. Sometimes when you can't do much else, that's what you do. You leave it to Allah. Afterwards. You do your best. And then after that you say, Ufawidu Amri ilallah, I designate and consign my matter now to Allah. Allah is whatever watchful over his servants. So Allah then says in verse 45, Allah protected him from the evils of their planning. And to the worst punishment are the people of Pharaoh driven. Now look at this. In the next verse, which is verse 46. The fire, they're basically presented in front of the fire. The fire basically leaps out to them morning and evening. Where is this? This has to be in the grave. Because then Allah says, And then when the day of judgment occurs, it's going to be said, Enter the people of Pharaoh into the worst punishment. That means that they're already having punishment in the grave and this is why the ulama use this to get an indication that there is punishment in the grave now another thing i want to mention to you right you see the quran is so vast that you could literally spend your life long discovering studying and discovering various different aspects of it and never come to the end right just i don't have time but just to give you a quick firstly you have to learn to read it then you have to learn to read it with tajweed Right? Then you can memorize parts of it or all of it. That's a struggle on its own. Then to understand it as well. This is not in any order necessary. Understand it. When you understand it, you could go on, on understanding. Look at the number of tafsir books in the world. You can go on understanding it until you die. And you would not have fully understood everything. You would not have fully revealed everything there because it's God's words, infinite. Right? There's another aspect. You can actually study just the lyric quality, the, the cadence, the style of the language. You can literally for the rest of your life just study the connections between the verses, the connections between the surahs and why it's like that. You can study the eloquence. You can basically just go on to study why every word is used in every place. Why that particular word, why it's in that order, why that one comes first. You can go on like that forever. Maulana Anwar Shah Kashmiri, one of the really master scholars of India of the last hundred years, right? He was an allama. I mean, he looked at things and memorized them. I mean, he knew things by heart. Like, he's got a famous commentary of Sahih Bukhari and numerous other, you know, top hadith scholar. There's a good biography, even in Arabic, by him, uh, of him from Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda. In his Ramadan, towards the later part, I read by his student, whose name was Yusuf, uh, Sheikh Yusuf uh, bin Nodi, writes about uh, in his Yatimatul Bayan. He says that for the entire Ramadan, all he would do because Ramadan should be spent with the Qur'an as we're trying to do, he would spend one day, each day of Ramadan with just one juice of the Qur'an. So the first day with the first juice, and all he would look at, right, you're wondering, not tafsir, but just the eloquence 
and the beauty, the fasaha and the balagha, the effective speech aspect. And basically he, he would say, and this is well known, that those who really, the only, there's only been only a few people who have really gone to the depths of understanding the fasaha and the balagha of the Quran, which means the eloquence and the effective speech quality of the Quran, the inimitable nature of its speech, right? One was basically Jurjani and the other one was Zamakhshari. And they're both non-Arabs, right? Zamakhshari and Jurjani, right? Uh, uh, one was a Mu'tazdiri, but in terms of the language, in terms of the Quranic fasaha, you know, everybody's taken from him. Those two. And he says, if there's a third, it's me. This is what Sheikh Anwar Shah Kashmir claimed. It's quite amazing. Because there's many others, Imam al-Haramain, etc., who've written about the balagha of the Qur'an. Lots of scholars have written, I mean, quite a few. It's a very niche kind of topic. It's very particular. But I said that the Qur'anic uloom are, you know, there's no end to them. So that's why, as I was saying, um, there's no end to this discussion. So I just wanted to point out one point to you, which really, uh, this verse 46 when it says, And it's in the third person. The fire will be, you know, they'll be presented in front of the fire morning and evening. And when the day of judgment occurs, it just says, Enter the people of Pharaoh into the worst of punishment. Allah does not always mention, He said, and then He said, and then He said, and then this happened. Allah switches from one thing to the next. And this has amazed a lot of people. Some people, when they don't get it, they get like, what is this? Why is it jumping? Because you're supposed to introduce. There needs to be this transitional points and words and sentences. Quran doesn't do that. That's basically, uh, one aspect of that is called iltifat. The pronominal shifts. Where it shifts from one pronoun. It's in the third person and then suddenly it goes into the second person. Even Surah Al-Fatiha has that, if you look at it. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawmideen. That's in the third person. Then suddenly, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ It's like the first person speaking to the second now. It just shifted. إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ Then it just stays in that. Right? And it does that throughout. And that is what they call the shaja'ah of the Quranic Arabic. It's the bravery that you can get away with doing that. Because if you try to do it in your own writing, you'd mess up. Unless you're very good. Right? The Quran does it all the time and never messes up. Right? It's done so perfectly that it just makes sense. It's like, had you added there and then... He said, or God said, or that, it would actually lose its effectiveness. That's why it's like, Adkhilu ala Just enter them into the hellfire. You obviously know who that is. Does it matter? No. Then get them into the hellfire. And you know, subhanAllah, we could, we could spend, I'm not joking, an hour just taking two sides, or one small surah, and just focusing on the balagha of it. We actually do that in our course at White Thread. The, the balagha aspect, we, we spend time t- checking number of surahs. For example, La uqsimu biyawmil qiyamah. When we come there, I'll show you a bit of that. Right when you get there, when you add especially the cadence to it as well, so hopefully that 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 was a bit of a tangent that was important to understand, just so that I'm opening windows and vistas for your further study. That you know we're 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 at box one. We we need to get so far. So hurry up, right? Hurry up and don't think this is it, right? What we're doing right now is literally not even a, a drop in the ocean. So we move on now, uh, this Rajulun Mu'min, we've had his discussion, all of that has been done and we've seen the plots and the ploys of dictators and how they deal with people or try to deal with people but mashallah, a da'i is told to just relentlessly carry on in the best way they, shouldn't, you know, they should avoid trouble obviously, but they should do their best, they should not stop their da'wah right? they should not stop their da'wah, they should carry on after that, 
we move on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a number of his bounties on the earth right saying that you've been given the night to sleep right which is sukoon right which is for your own benefit and you've given the day to go and seek your uh, sustenance and and so on and so forth the heavens for you are a you know a covering and and all of this discussion you should use them well you should thank Allah and you should think who they all come from that's why when a person does look outside and he sees all of this uh, alhamdulillah the earth has gained some of its luster back after you know because of the lockdown and maybe we can enjoy it more and hopefully not polluted again the same way that it had happened before so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then moves on to a discussion of from if you look at verse 65 onwards allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says in 67 how just look at yourself just how the different stages that you went through the sophisticated ways the way you know i remember we were doing a mas'ala just about you know what breaks a fast so we we're looking at the stomach and the whole uh, the colon the the intestines the major the smaller ones and then um, there's a, some other areas and it's just amazing the elaborate sophisticated complicated how somebody can design something like this to then self heal as well and it's amazing right so allah tells us to look at that وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ and says at the end of that maybe you will understand anyway then from verse 69 these people who argue about our verses who create bad vibes who create misinterpretations who say bad things about the, the uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about them on the day of judgment what's going to happen to them and discusses all of that then gives some consolation to the Prophet فَصْبِرْ you make sabr in the wa'dallahi haq. And thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 80, uh, 78, that is, talks about we've sent many, many messengers before you. Among uh, Some of them we've related to you. Some of them we've not told you about. Lots of messengers have passed which we've not told you any about. But the one thing is that every messenger that came, uh, none of them could bring a miracle unless Allah willed it. So, you know, they kept asking for miracles. It's only up to Allah to give a miracle. Finally, the last verse is, Allahu Akbar. فَلَمَّا رَأُوا بَأْسَنَا These people, when finally they will see our punishment come to them, then they will say, آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَحْدَ We believe only in Allah. And all those we used to impartner, we do kufr. فَلَمْ يَكُوا يَنْفَعُهُمْ إِيمَانُهُمْ لَمَّا رَأُوا بَأْسَنَا When they see our punishment, then no iman of theirs is of any benefit. This is Allah's way, Allah's system, Allah's uh, trend, the way He does things in the world that has passed, right, among His servants. And the disbelievers then will be at great loss. And by that, the surah ends. I think we've covered uh, everything that I wanted and that I had selected uh, to cover in here. And I've mentioned the few prominent verses in there that I wanted to mention. And really go back and think about the advices, uh, that, that the points of uh, the mu'min, right, who's very, uh, uh, who's very vocal about that. And the other thing is remember the du'as of those angels that are picking up the arsh and those who are around it. They make du'a for the believers. So inshallah, if we become a believer, we will also gain their du'a. And now we do the next hameem. The next hameem is called hameem as-sajda. Most of it uh, is in 
the 24th juz and there's just a short few verses left of it several verses in the next 25th juz now this again is a hamim as we mentioned it's also called suratu fussilat it's called hamim as-sajda actually this one is called hamim as-sajda we already had a surah to sajda which had a surah into 21st juz Alif Lamim Tanzilul Kitabi La Rayba Fihim Rabbil Alameen. This one also has a sajda in there, but this one's a hamim, so you call it hamim sajda. That one is just surah to sajda, this one is hamim sajda. But in some mushafs they write it as fussilat. And the reason for that is if you if you read from this, Hamim Tanzilul Mina Rahmanir Rahim, Kitabu Fussilat Ayatuh, Quranan Arabian Likawmi Ya'lamun. So again, it starts with Huruf Muqatta'at, one of the Hamims, and it says revelation from the most merciful and the beneficent. This is a book, Kitabun, Fussilat Ayatu. Fassala Yufassilu means to distinguish and make clear and elaborate. So, whose verses have been elaborated. That's why it's called Suratu Fussilat. The surah which has been elaborated because all the signs of Allah are very clear. And in this surah you will see the signs are very, very clear that if you, if you just read it even casually, they'll be very, very clear to you. And it's also Quran and Arabian because the target audience at that time was, were Arabs who knew Arabic very well, right? Not Arabonics. They knew Arabic at that time properly, right? They didn't speak Ami and things like that. Just they really knew the language and they could, there's no way this could be lost on them. Because the ayat were very clear and the Quran Arabian for people who know. Allah says about the Prophet, Bashiran wa Nadira, you know, giver of glad tidings, or the, the book or the book itself is a giver of glad tidings and a warner. But unfortunately the majority of them choose to ignore and that's why and, and they don't listen. They don't listen. And more so they start making weird excuses for themselves, right? Self condemnation excuses. Some people do that. Right? They say, قَالُوا قُلُوبُنَا فِي أَكِنَّةٍ مِمَّا تَدْعُونَا إِلَيْهِ وَفِي آذَانِنَا وَقْرٍ Right? وَمِن بَيْنِنَا وَبَيْنِكَ حِجَابٍ Allahu Akbar فَعْمَلْ إِنَّنَا أَعْمِلُونَ They don't want to listen, so they say that, you know, there's a veil between us. We can't get what you say. We don't hear it. We've got, uh, we got a blockage in our ears. You know, they say they just to make fun of the other person, just to, you know, when you get to that level of speech, it means that you demean the other person. Like, no, no, I can't hear anything. I've got something stuck in my, in my ear. Adhanina wakrun, right? And there's, there's a barrier between us. I can't get anything you say. Just go to somebody else. Don't come and do da'wah to us, right? We're not interested. Fa'mal innana amilun. You carry on doing what you're going to do. We do what we're going to do. And the Prophet is trying to tell him, Why can't you relate to me? What's wrong with you? So, the Prophet is making himself relatable by saying the following I'm, a, I'm just a human like you, right? The only difference is that I get revelation, right? That's it. Your Lord, my Lord, is all the same. It's one Lord. So, seek forgiveness because there's destruction for the mushrikeen who don't give zakat and who, who disbelieve in the hereafter. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala contrasts that always with believers. Anyway, um, let's. Surah Hamim as Sajda has 54 verses and it has six ruku, six sections and it is a Makki, uh, Makki surah as we know there are seven Hamims by the way if you've counted them we've started them today so there are seven of them that we're going to do and they call the Hawamim that's the plural of Hamim and they call Hawamim as Sab'ah 
the seven hamims or al hamim also right and the reason why they they've singled out and why they've given them also a comprehensive name like that a collective name like that is because Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he referred to them as the Husnul Quran they're the beauty of the Quran and I'll explain why and Ibn Abbas says that everything has essence has an essence as a kernel and the kernel of the Quran are these Hawamim the Al-Hamim is the kernel of the Quran meaning they embody within them the kernel of the faith the essence of the faith the essential ingredients and basics of the faith so the, the seven Hamims, we've read Hamim, um, uh, we read the first one which is Surah Al-Mu'min, then it's Surah Hamim Sajda or Fussilat, then it's Surah Al-Shura which is coming up next, then Surah Al-Zukhruf, the adornments, Surah Dukhan, right, the smoke, and then Jathia, and then Ahqaf. So the next several, they're, they're coming now. According to another tradition, they call the Ursul Quran, the bride of the Quran as well. Why? Because all of these, the language in there is amazing. And it's, that's why it all starts, Hamim, Wal Kitab, Hamim, Tanzilu Kitab, Quran and Arabian. It's to really give this such a high level of eloquence, you know, even more beautiful and more lyrical than some of the other uh, bits, and really impress the listener. That look, if you don't get it, at least be impressed by this so that it re- reaches you to the truth. So essentially, it's the effectiveness of the message, the openness, the clarity, the lucidity. All of that you'll find in these surahs, inshallah, when you read them for yourself. Anyway, it starts off with the discussion of the Quran and, and so on, which I've already done to you, uh, done for you. And uh, after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala produces in there. Uh, you see, basically, when he says, Fussilat ayatu, the ahkam, right, the rulings, the meanings, the objectives, the purposes, the stories, the advices, the examples, the promises. The, the, the warnings, all of that is basically very clear and laid out in front of you. That's why Allah says, Fussilat ayatu, nothing has any doubt, there's no discrepancy in any of that. However, the problem is, saying that to the people of Makkah, they're still rejecting it, they're still ignoring it. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what He said. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him uh, to say that, look, you know, I'm just a human like you, I'm not an angel, I'm not anything like that, just relate to me, what's wrong with you people? Then after that from verse, you can see from verse 9-10, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then again starts discussing the, the mountains. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses, uh, the, you see this is very, uh, uh, when I come to this it always makes me think and ponder. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says from verse 9, right? Uh, actually verse 10, وَجَعَلَ فِيهَا رَوَاسِيَ مِنْ فَوْقِهَا وَبَارَكَ فِيهَا وَقَدَّرَ فِيهَا أَقْوَاتَهَا فِي أَرْبَعَةِ أَيَّامِ Well firstly, in verse 9 he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the earth in two days. The whole thing, it was sittati ayyam before, but we mentioned there was two days for this and two days for this and some for this. So in this verse, it clarifies now those, what those days were used for. So the earth was created in two days. Allah took two days to create it, right? Again, to show us that you do things well and you take your time in doing things. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put onto the earth, He put on the mountains, right? And then He blessed the earth. And then after that, He put all of the sustenance, all the food products and everything in there in four days. So all of the other stuff took place in four days. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned his, it says, turned his attention to the heavens. The heavens at that time, they were not. I mean, if you study physics and astronomy, it's amazing how the planets are born, how planets are formed. It's quite amazing the way you get these asteroids, they come together and then how planets actually 
blow up as well and the star and the suns and the it's, it's quite amazing if you read it that's why it then says um, then Allah turned his attention to the heavens where he had dukhan but it was only smoke at that time there were no heavens then he said to the heavens to that smoke and to the earth that he'd already created and the way Come together, come together, willingly or unwillingly. They both said, we come together willingly. It's an amazing depiction of Allah subhanahu wa He then rendered him into seven heavens. In two days. Right? And he gave instructions for each of the heavens. And then the lowest heaven... We adorn the lowest heaven, the dunya heaven, the one that's above us, be masabi with lanterns, with lamps, wahivdan and a protective army there of shooting stars or whatever. ذلك تقدير العزيز العليم. فإن عرضوا now if they want to still ignore, فقل أنذرتكم صائقة مثل صائقة عاد وثمود. Now Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says to the Prophet that look, if tell them that if they're going to reject, so if you look at verse 13 onwards, that okay, if they still want to ignore and reject, then tell them I'm going to warn you. Of those punishments in the various forms that came to the people before you, the Ad and Thamud. Their messengers came to them, all of that discussion is there. About the Ad, it mentions in there that these people were very strong. Right? They were so strong that one man from among them could basically go and remove like this whole chunk of rock from a mountainside. That's how they built these huge mansions in the mountains. So Allah says uh, in verse 15, right? Um, that they were given that Why don't you thank Allah Instead they would say Man ashaddu minna quwa Who is stronger than, than us in, uh, in power Allah responds Awalam yaraw anna Allah Alladhi khalaqahum Huwa ashaddu minhum quwa Don't they know And see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who is their creator He is stronger than them in the power Right But they would reject So Fa'arsalna alayhim rihan sarsaran And you know This is the problem if you don't understand Arabic, you're not going to appreciate this, right? Some people, even without that, they appreciate even the sounding. Because, you see, the words in Arabic, some onomatopoeias are used, right? And the perfect wording is used to create the right effect. So look at this. When it's talking about the punishment that came to them. فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ رِيحًا صَرْصَرًا فِي أَيَّامٍ نَحِسَاتٍ In another version, it's نَحْسَاتٍ لِنُذِيقَهُمْ عَذَابَ الْخِزِّ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا عَذَابَ الْخِزِّ you know, like a despicable, debilitated, um, a demeaning punishment. We sent upon them a wind in some really bad days. So that finished them off. Just the word akhza, the, the, the punishment of the hereafter is even going to be worse for them. Right? They're not going to be helped. Then it talks about the thamud. We gave them guidance, but again, they decided to... Uh, 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 prefer blindness over guidance. So, فَأَخَذَتْهُمْ صَائِقَةُ الْعَذَابِ الْهُونَ They were basically taken by a punishment. Their punishment, as you know, was the shriek that basically just finished them off. بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ But وَنَجَّيْنَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَكُونَ Always, never forgets the believers. We gave safety and delivery to the people who believed, right? And who had taqwa. Now, that's all worldly punishment. Now the next parts, again, these are amazing, right? This is really, you should, you should read this. And uh, in the last just 10 years, I would say 10 years, 
maybe 20 years maximum, has made this even more relevant. So look at what Allah says. وَيَوْمَ يُحْشَرُ أَعْدَاءُ اللَّهِ إِلَى النَّارِ فَهُمْ يُوزَعُونَ حَتَّى إِذَا مَا جَاءُوهَا شَهِدَ عَلَيْهِمْ سَمْعُهُمْ سَمْعُهُمْ وَأَبْصَارُهُمْ وَجُلُودُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ وَقَالُوا لِجُلُودِهِمْ لِمَ شَهِدْتُمْ عَلَيْنَا قَالُوا أَنْتَقَنَ اللَّهُ الَّذِي أَنْتَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ خَلَقَكُمْ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةٍ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ So now he's talking about everybody coming on the Day of Judgment. Now when you appear on the Day of Judgment, he's saying, حَتَّى إِذَا مَا جَاءُوهَا When they come on the Day of Judgment, their hearing, their ears, their sight, it's not even their eyes, their sight, right? How Allah knows. Their skin, their flesh, is going to bear witness against them about what they used to do. Right? Imagine our sights talking that, yes, he used to look at this, he used to, he used to listen to this, he really loved to listen to Madonna, right? Or whoever it is, Whitney Houston, I don't know what people listen to these days, right? A'udhu Billah, right? They will bet all of that is being recorded by them, all right? Now, people can't get this. So, people are going to say, وَقَالُوا لِجُلُودِهِمْ People are going to say to their skin, right? Yes, he used to love the skin next to this, and next to that person and so on, the haram that they used to commit. Allah protect us. Believe me, if you can avoid zina until you die, that's a major achievement. May Allah protect us. And if we've made mistakes in the past, may Allah forgive them. As Allah promises in Surah Al-Furqan, especially when it comes to zina, Allah has this whole discussion about forgiveness, except those who did believe and who do good deeds. So there's always a way open. There's always a window to Allah. Anyway, these people are going to say to their skins, لِمَا شَهِدْتُمْ عَلَيْنَا Why are you bearing witness against us? Like, what's wrong with you? You're the one who's going to burn. Meaning, we're going to burn. And you're bearing us, like you're saying to your kids, like, why did you tell against us? We're going to be affected by this. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Qalu, so that skins will respond. Antaqan Allah. Allah caused us to speak. Alladhi antaqa kulla shay. Who's basically caused everything to speak. Who gives everything the ability to speak. He's caused us to speak. Wahua, and he's the one who created you in the first place. And to him, you're going to be reward. وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَتِرُونَ And then Allah, just to drive it, the point home, He says, you, you, would never, you, know, you could never veil yourself, right? You could never protect yourself in the world that when you did wrong, that you know, your, your ears would speak against you, your sight would speak against you, your flesh would speak against you. But you just thought, وَلَكِنْ ظَنَنْتُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَعْلَمُ كَثِيرًا مِمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ right? You just thought that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not know so much of what you used to do. And that's why I said that, imagine people reading this before, they would have thought, okay, this is just some miracle that's going to happen on that day, right? But now, you can have skins that speak. You can have basically eyes that speak, smart eyes, smart speech, that record everything, chipped. So they basically record everything, movement, everything. As I explained to you, you know, your phone records everything about us. فَإِن يَصْبِرُوا فَالنَّارُ مَثْوَ اللَّهُمْ وَإِن يَسْتَعْتِبُوا فَمَا هُمْ مِنَ الْمُعْتَبِينَ Now the next verse is verse 25. This is an important aspect for us to be worried about, right? Which is that sometimes we may want to do right, but because of something weird, Allah has basically put us together with somebody bad, right? Who's the evil influence. Whether that's your brother, your sister, your friend, your mother. You want to be righteous, your mother saying, no, you can't do this. You can't wear Islamic clothing. Who's going to marry you? Typical. Right? 
as though people who dress well don't get married. This is crazy, right? So, it could be anybody, it could be your closest. Qurana, qarinu su, an evil companion who's basically got some kind of influence, you need to break away from such people. Now, if it's your parents, you just need to break away the, you just, you, you don't, you, you know, you have to be with your parents, but you don't listen to that evil influence. Or from anybody else for that matter, right? So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about that, that this is something that could happen to people. And then he talk, uh, in the next verse, which is, uh, that was verse 25, then verse 26 starts talking again about the kuffar and how they used to, forget about ignoring the Quran, they used to actively uh, rally people against it. Don't listen to this Quran. And you know, cause problems in it and so on, so that you are dominant. Right. We're going to give to taste the people who disbelieve a severe punishment. And uh, thereafter that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after talking about all of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from verse 30, definitely to be read, Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ Those people who say, our Lord is Allah, ثُمَّ استَقَامُوا And then they remain steadfast. Remember we discussed steadfastness, how difficult it is, they try their best. Then what's the benefit of it? Here Allah mentions the benefit of istiqama. Remember istiqama is so difficult that it's a miracle. If somebody has istiqama, it means they've got a karama from Allah. Better than flying through the air. Better than producing money from under your mattress. Right? So then he says that basically those who say that our Lord is Allah and then they remain steadfast. The angels descend upon them and say, and again there's a shift here. There's no like, and they say. It's just, Right? Angels descend upon him that you do not have to fear and you do not have to grieve. And accept the glad tidings of paradise that you used to be, you used to be promised. We are your friends, in your caretakers, your, who look after you in the dunyawi life and in the akhirah. And walakum fiha, and for you in there is whatever your heart desires. Walakum fiha ma'ayadda'un, and whatever they call out for. Nuzulam min ghafuri rahim, hospitality, from the most from the most forgiving and merciful one. Right? It says that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created paradise in a long time ago. Right? But it says according to some traditions that every week or every month, every now and then, He's updating it. I mean, can you imagine what He created first and what He's updating to? And when you get there, you're never going to get bored because every time it's going to be updated. You're, you're going to be the most beautiful you've ever been and your spouse will be the most beautiful. But every Friday when you go to visit Allah, you'll come back and your spouse will say, hey, you just look more beautiful. It's just there's no end to beauty there. And that's unfounded. You know, in this world, you just can't think. Right now, we're all going to get together. We get the top designers and we're going to produce something beautiful. And we're not going to release it until everybody agrees. But after a few days, it's going to... It's going to be beautiful, but the, you can, somebody's going to produce something better. And, uh, um, you know, in paradise, it just goes on and on and on. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentions uh, another important verse that I'm pointing out to you as well. Uh, about da'wah, right? Don't get frightened just because some difficulties have come upon you. Allah says... So you start questioning your faith and 
I should hide my faith and so on. Verse 33. What I take from a lot of, a lot of people use this verse for da'wah. It is a verse of da'wah. What I take from this is, look at what Allah is saying. Who better in speech, so who's clearly articulating this, than the one who invites to Allah and does good deeds. So they do good deeds. They're not just inviting empty and they don't do it themselves. And then they say that I am of the submitters. So they're not hiding their faith. They're vocal about it, you know, in a nice way. And good and bad cannot be equal. And then Allah tells us how to repel evil. And do it in a good way, right? Uh, so that if you do it in a good way, even from your harshest critic or enemy, that those that you may have enmity with between you, he may become a very close friend of yours because of the good akhlaq that you show. So that's why uh, we're told uh, to do show good akhlaq. But وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا But this will not be inspired except to those who are patient. So if we have problem in our da'wah, we're always aggressive in our da'wah. Right? And we just have no, we have no sabr and patience, then we need to ask Allah for patience in that da'wah. And وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا ذُو حَظٍ عَظِيمٍ The only people that will be given this are people with a huge share. And then Allah says, Verse 26. There's a lot of interesting verses. That's why I'm mentioning all of these. If ever you get a prodding from the shaitan, a prompting from the shaitan, a whispering of the shaitan, Seek refuge in Allah. Allah is always hearing and all-knowing. Then Allah mentions some other things. And then verse 80, uh, verse 40 is again speaking about those people who try to mess around with the Quran and try to create doubts and other things about it. In the fi ayatina they're not hidden upon us. And then he talks about the uh, the hellfire. And finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 43, 44 other, 44, yes. If we had made this Quran in non-Arabic, they would have said, then how come the verses aren't so clear? We can't understand them. This Most people read it, but I'm assuming most people read it incorrectly. It's the one place in the Quran where you have to read this, that second one, in half a hamza and half an alif. So it's more like, as opposed to, right? That's how it's written, but you don't read two hamzas. Hamza is essentially... What they say is a sudden sound. Uh, uh, that's a hamza. Allah, Allahu Akbar. Here it's uh, 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 would be wrong. So it's jamiyun wa arabi. The second one has to be a bit smoother. But go go to a qari and sort it out. It's the one place where you have to read it that way, right? Otherwise, it's incorrect. So now you can understand. We've learned something new. If you've been reading it wrong all the time, go to somebody and inshallah correct that. Finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Musa alayhi salam and then he finishes off by saying Man amila salihan nafsi. Remember, anybody who does good deeds, right? Anybody who does good deeds, it's for themselves, it's to their own benefit. Anybody who does evil deeds, it's to their own detriment. But you remember, your Lord is never going to be oppressive to any of his servants. You'll only get what you did. That's basically the way that surah ends. So... Um, I think I have covered all of the verses in there that needed to be covered that I thought I was going to cover for you I don't think I've missed any of them remember there's several verses that I've pointed out in here that you should take note of and 
So let us just do our quick recap. Um, we started off the 24th juz with the ending of the surah about ikhlas and sincerity, surah al-Zumr, and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made very uh, important aspect in there of uh, no despondency from the mercy of Allah. Allah's doors are always open. Right? And then there was the discussion, the very vivid description of people entering paradise and entering the hellfire. Then we started Suratul Ghafir, starts off with showing his forgiving nature, but he's also punishing when he wants to. Then after that, the whole discussion there is about Haq and Batil and the, and the various different aspects in there, uh, giving glad tidings to do, those who do Tawbah. And mashallah, the angels that are picking up the throne and around the throne, they're making dua for the true believers. Right, so now you know you got somebody who's got your back for you. All right, and then after that, it's about the day of judgment. Several discussions about that. Then the beautiful discussion about the mu'min, that believer from the family of Pharaoh. And what that tells us, the way it went, is that just having empathy for someone who's doing good is not enough. There's a lot of people they think, oh, that guy's doing good, but they don't help them. They just feel good. They just feel like, oh, he's doing good, but I, I don't want to risk myself. I don't put my neck out. Right on the line, this pharaoh's, uh, this mu'min from the Al Fir'aun tells us that you sometimes do need to do that if you want to be like that person and get the rewards for it. You need to make an effort. You can't just hope. You can't just uh, pray somebody in the back and not support them. Thereafter, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala discussed a number of other bounties of Allah. Then start Surah Fussilat Hamim as Sajda. All right, which starts off with the discussion of the Quran, the clarity of the Quran, and. Um, then discussing the heavens and the earth and how it was constructed, how, how it was made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the heavens saying, we will respond to you and we respond to you, whereas human beings don't, right? Then after that, the designation of uh, sometimes bad um, friends and so on, that, that discussion was there. Thereafter that, uh, there was the disbelievers rejecting the Quran, not wanting to listen, making excuses and so on. And if you look at uh, um, the da'wah policies, the, the, the da'wah methodology that's mentioned in here, that would be something really good for da uh, people who are in the path and even those who are not to try to start doing that. May Allah make that easy. And thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends the surah by talking about um, reflection over the heavens and earth and about ourselves. And then that if you do good deeds, they're going to be to your own benefit as well. Allah doesn't get anything out of that. And by that, alhamdulillah, we complete the 24th juz of the Quran. And we've just got a few left to go and a few days of left of Ramadan. May Allah bless us and uh, allow us the time and the effort, inshallah, to do the rest of it and benefit us from it. And allow our hearts to be infused by it. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.